Welcome to this conversation. My guest today is Todd Stanley. Todd Stanley is an Emory & Henry employee, and boy, are his skills in demand these days, not just on Emory & Henry campus, campuses all across the country, homes across all the country. Todd Stanley is the Director of Counseling Services at Emory & Henry College, which is located in the Powell Resource Center. Welcome, Todd Stanley, to this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I really am looking forward to it. Well, it's a pleasure to talk to you, and I actually had thought of you many times as a potential guest, and, and it's just been too long. So I'm happy to have you with me here today. And it seems like, Todd, that this is a time period when the idea of counseling is maybe resonating with people a little more, making them be a little more interested than they ever had before, because with COVID, people are just having a hard time. I think that's really true. Uh, I do think it has put um, mental health, the topic of mental health, making it rise um, to the forefront of people's consciousness, maybe in a way that it hadn't before. Um, and so that might be a silver lining, if you will, with all we've been through in the past couple of years, that it is creating room for conversation about mental health and about how we're meeting the needs of our uh, community and how we're taking care of ourselves. I love the way you said that because so many people still, even in this modern era, have a stigma against counseling, mm -hmm. that it means, oh gosh, I can't go because it means I'm crazy. But you just said, if people are struggling and they are more likely to go to counseling, that's a silver lining. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's one of the uh, things that we try to focus on a lot uh, here at Emory and Henry College, and especially within our center, is to try to reduce stigma around reaching out and asking for help. Um, and, you know, the, we just try to uh, convey that to students and their families from very early on, you know, when, from when they're first oriented to the college, that um, this is a no stigmas campus as much as possible about raising your hand and, and saying, hey, I need some TLC or I need some support. And this is a caring community that's going to step up and, and try to offer that support. I testify to that. I would say the world would be better off if we all had a counselor and could go to a counselor once a week. It would take care of a lot of the demons that haunt us and give us skills in how to cope with them. But speaking of that, in much of society right now, the big issue is getting people to help, getting workers to do the job. I understand that you have a little bit of that going on in your office as well. That is very true. Uh, and I, I appreciate you allowing me to talk about that because uh, hopefully some of your listeners uh, may know of someone that might be interested to, to come work with us and join our team, or maybe someone listening would like to. We are hiring uh, right now in the PRC. Uh, we fall under the student success umbrella uh, at Emory Henry College, the Division of Student Success. And as you mentioned, the Powell Resource Center. And then counseling services is one of the, the services provided. And we are hiring and expanding counseling services to meet the growing demands of our uh, mm -hmm. student body. The size of our student body is changing and growing uh, and the needs of our students are changing and growing. And we're, we're going to try to match to that. Um, we do have a position available because um, we had someone choose a different opportunity uh, and we wish her well. So we're trying to fill that position, but then the college is also greenlit an additional position because they recognize the need. And so I really do appreciate the college for recognizing that and uh, giving us permission to um, recruit not just one, but two people. Let's just turn this show into an employment agency for a second. What are the two positions and what are the qualifications? So both of them are uh, the, the name of the position under the college is count, a position of counselor, um, but you don't have to be a licensed professional counselor to apply or be you can be a licensed mental health professional 
And so that can include uh, licensed professional counselors, clinical social workers, uh, clinical psychologists, um, a minimum of master's level and eligibility for licensure. So you need to be within a year of licensure. Uh, clinical supervision can be provided to residents in counseling. So that's someone who has a master's degree and is just working on the experience and the supervision uh, to earn their licensure. Uh, that supervision can be provided in-house. Um, and so uh, those are the, the minimum qualifications. All right. So that's for the counselor position. And they're both considered both to be counselor positions, both counselor mm -hmm. positions mm -hmm. with uh, a variety of qualifications that will fit the bill in terms of mental health services. Yeah. And we've had, you know, I'm a licensed professional counselor in Virginia. This is my 21st year in the field, but we've had other folks uh, from other um, professional identities within mental health that have been a part of our PRC team. We've had psychologists, we've had social workers, so uh, we're not limited to just um, professional counselors. All right. What can you say about uh, if somebody's listening who's perked up and go, oh, I might want that opportunity. What would you say about why it's a good opportunity? Because you've just said that college students are struggling. Yeah. Well, you know, people go into the mental health field because typically uh, it's been my experience that people go into the mental health field because they want to give back in some way. Uh, and they're looking for something more than just a paycheck. You know, they're looking for something that's going to give back to their community. And that when their head hits the pillow at night, they feel like they're making a difference in the lives of others. And I can tell you, if you want an opportunity to make a positive impact and make a difference in the lives of other people, come and work on a college campus and come and work in counseling services because we see um, the potential for positive impact every day in our office. Um, and so it is a very, very rewarding uh, job, I will say. Um, this is my seventh year here. Um, that's what's kept me around is that, you know, I really enjoy the students uh, and I do see the positive impact that we're making. And so um, it's very fulfilling. And so All right. for, anyone, for anyone listening, I would say that's the number one reason. And then I would also say, you know, we're a pretty amazing team of people. And so uh, we have a great synergy in our office right now. Uh, the Department of Student Success is growing. Um, in fact, our, our dean, Travis Prophet, he could do a whole segment with you, Teresa, on all of the wonderful things that are going on in student success, the new Student Success Center that will be coming on board at some point in the spring or summer, um, the, the expanding positions and, and roles that we have in student success. So as I mentioned, we fall under that team and there's lots of great energy going. There's lots of really positive uh, student centered people working in our division. And it's just an amazing group of people to be around every day. All right. You can make a difference. You can work with a wonderful set of people, but uh, people will be curious about that paycheck aspect. Is there anything you can say about pay range? Well, um, I, without quoting specific dollar amounts, which I would leave for our uh, human resources department, I would just say that our the range is within the scale that you would expect in Southwest Virginia um, for the qualifications for the position. I think we are competitive with some of our other, um, you know, mental health agencies or, or other institutions in our neck of the woods. All right, there you have it from Todd Stanley. Director of Counseling Services at Emory and Henry College, talking about two open positions for people who might qualify, want to work in a wonderful environment, and working with students. I can testify to that too. What a joy to work with young people just on the cusp of their careers and finding their way in the world, and those who are bright enough finding ways to deal with mental health issues that everyone has. Let's go to the basics, Todd uh, Stanley. What happens in a counseling session? Why should someone, why is it a silver lining 
for someone to go into counseling because it generally means I'm hurting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's such a wonderful question. And it's uh, a multifaceted answer, I think, uh, because people find their way to our door for lots of different reasons. Uh, There could be the stereotypical adjustment to moving away from home and starting college and feeling a bit lost um, and just wanting to have a safe space to land uh, and a safe person to listen to to what's going on. And that's that's the case for lots of our students. You know, they come in and um, this is a time of transition, um, which a lot of times there's many, many exciting things that come along with coming away to college and we celebrate that. But as you know, from working on a college campus for many years, there's also many things that can be terrifying. Um, for students about that transition and stepping out of that comfort of home. And so a lot of, um, a lot of that transition is what gets folks into um, our door. We also have students that come in with pre-existing mental health diagnoses. You know, um, the number one and number two diagnoses that hit a college counseling center are anxiety and depression. Um, and so we see a lot of that. Um, folks come in and that's something they're already uh, have been in treatment for before they even come to college or something that something about the college transition maybe is exacerbating, maybe a spike in symptoms. Um, and so that's, that's quite often why people seek support from us. Um, we do have a high percentage of students that we see, and this is true at all college counseling centers across the country that are coming in with pre-existing trauma experiences that may be exacerbating uh, mental health needs or making their transition to college a bit more difficult or a a bit more complex. And so, you know, trying to meet the needs of those students and help them carve out Emory Henry as a safe space uh, where they can feel taken care of. Because as anyone knows, you have to feel safe and secure before you can, um, you know, learn. And before you can kind kind of move up the ladder, so to speak, if you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that, that need for um, security and safety needs to be met first before uh, you can do other things. And so I think we try to help students meet that minimum need of feeling safe and secure in this new environment so then they can learn to be successful and meet their goals. Uh, Todd, if you're familiar with my show, you know that um, I like to hear stories, real stories that mm-hmm. people can picture in their heads and understand. When I talk to experts, a lot of times you get um, abstracts and generalities, trauma, what does trauma mean? Anxiety, what does anxiety mean? You've been in this business for a long time Mm -hmm. and you've seen transformations in people. Yes. You've seen them have revelations. Now, I know that you would be the first person to protect identity at any cost, but over your many years, can you give us an example? It doesn't even have to be of a real person necessarily, a composite. What are some things that you have seen people come to terms with, come to recognize that they might not have even known in their own lives? Mm-hmm. And how did they move forward? What are the stories that have most impacted you over the years? Wow, that's a, a great question. And I've worked with lots of different um I've had a very diverse, you know, work background and worked with lots of different populations, but I'll, I'll focus primarily on, you know, my seven years, going on seven years of experience here at the college. Um, to me, I think the most powerful experiences I've seen is, well, first of all, I think the therapeutic relationship is the most important thing that happens inside a counseling session. Uh, that therapeutic alliance that the counselor and the individual develop. 
um, that's to me kind of where the magic, so to speak, is. Uh, because once you establish that therapeutic rapport and you've got that alliance going, folks can feel safe to be vulnerable and really explore uh, maybe things that they don't feel comfortable doing, you know, outside of a counseling session. And for me, the transformation happens when folks um, realize that they are enough exactly the way they are, you know, and that's the atmosphere I try to create in my office is that everyone has value from the, doesn't matter what's going on in your life. doesn't matter how much money's in your bank account. It doesn't matter what brought you to Emory Henry College. You are enough walking in my door the way you are. And what I'm going to do is try to help you uh, identify what your strengths and your unique skills and abilities are to tackle whatever issue you're walking in the door with too. You know, I always say that the student sitting in my office is the expert in the room, not me. They're the expert on their lived experience. They're the expert on what they're seeking out of life and where they want to go. And my job is to help facilitate a process to help get, help them get there and to recognize that they have the power to do that. Um, <clears throat> and not to sound too hokey, but kind of like, you know, Dorothy clicks her slippers at the end and realizes she has the, she's had the power to go home all along, right? You know, uh, it's kind of like that. It's helping people understand that they have, in my opinion about people, I believe that we have what we need to be okay, however we define that. But sometimes that gets lost. Sometimes that gets shrouded in mystery or we haven't found that part of ourselves, or whatever. Something gets in the way. And I think my job is to help students or help my clients um, kind of find that again or um, find a path toward finding that if they've never found that. And I've seen that moment happen for lots of people. And, and, and it's kind of that intangible. It's hard to describe. But you see when that that light bulb goes off or when that that switch flips to where all of a sudden who was feeling despair or hopeless or um, was having lots of automatic negative thoughts about themselves, it switches to where um, they're starting to feel more hope about their life. Uh, they're starting to feel more engaged in their life uh, and then good things, you know, hopefully come from that. So I hope that answered your question, but just seeing uh, maybe someone come in and there's that, again, not to sound hokey, but there's that gray cloud over them and it's hard for them to see joy or hard to them, for them to, to, to find things that they are happy about uh, and then to watch them maybe kind of rediscover that through some of their work in counseling. Um, that's yeah. pretty powerful. It's, I, I am going to press you a little bit more for something specific, like a specific issue that you saw someone come to grapple with, because the thing about counseling and psychology that's so fascinating, the human mind has got to be the most interesting thing ever, mm -hmm. but that we can be driven by things that we don't even think, we don't even know we think them, they're so buried so deep. Mm -hmm. One example that I came across recently was somebody who had a revelation that she had never in her life felt safe except when she was a small child. And then that related to all kinds of issues in her mm -hmm. childhood and the people around her. So that might be an example of something that would discover I've heard, that someone would discover. I've heard uh, examples and seen stories over the years of people who don't recognize that they were sexually assaulted or, mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of things. So I'm wondering just in big ballparks, what are the kinds of issues that people recognize and come to terms with? Mm -hmm. Well, some, some things that come to mind are, um, folks that maybe really struggle setting healthy boundaries in their life, you know, so maybe they, they in their family of origin or <clears throat> the household that they grew up in, that wasn't really modeled for them on how to, to recognize what their limits are 
and how to set those limits with other people. And so now they're in an environment where they can maybe try to practice that or start, start something new. And I've seen that um, be very powerful for students to sort of um, find their voice in, in order to be able to say, this is what I want, this is what I need, this is what I don't want, and be able to communicate that to other people. So um, that's something I've seen for quite a few people. Um, let's, let's dig into that one just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. What does it mean if I don't have boundaries? And then I need to learn to set boundaries. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, folks can have really diffuse boundaries or they can have really rigid boundaries. You know, that would be the two extremes. So if they're too diffuse, that means they're really not there. They're very porous. There's, there's not much going on there to stop someone from kind of walking over you, so to speak. Uh, and then if they're too rigid, that means maybe you're, you're kind of walling yourself off and um, being too restrictive on things. And for all of us, we try to find the sweet spot of what's healthy for us. Um, and so we want to be able to speak up. So if someone is violating our safety or, or our sense of safety, or if we're not getting our needs or our perceived needs met or what we feel like we need to be successful and happy, uh, we need to be able to speak up and, and let that be known. You know, so an extreme example would be if someone is being treated in a way that they don't want to be treated by um, you know, someone that they're in a relationship with or a family member being able to step up and say, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to tolerate that anymore. And here's why, you know, or I'm going to go get help for X uh, because I care enough about myself, you know, to do that. All right. That's an interesting example because some people are very good at saying, in fact, sometimes it's shocking how easily people say, no, can't do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, no, no apologies, just no, can't do that. They're setting their boundaries. Mm -hmm. And uh, other people are just like they will break their backs to try to do everything that somebody asks them to do. Yeah. It could be uh, you could translate it to folks in an employment situation where maybe they're giving and giving and giving to their employer. And then they find at the end of the day, they're exhausted and they don't have anything to give to their family or themselves. So setting a healthy boundary might be saying to that employer, you know, no, I can't work. 50 hours a week all the time, or I can't take on these extra projects, I have to take a step back and take care of myself. So that would be another example, you know, of setting a, a boundary that may be healthy for someone. That's a wonderful example, because you can just imagine the courage that it takes to go to your employer, you want to get raises, mm -hmm. you want to get promotions, and to go and say, sorry, no. Yeah, I mean, that's that's got to be a tough thing yeah. for even the strongest of people, I would think. Absolutely. Just adding that one little word no to your vocabulary sometimes <laughs> can be difficult. All right. Well, any other examples that you can think of are the kind of revelations that you've seen in people where they turned their lives around just by recognizing uh, what was driving them that they hadn't known before? Well, I've also seen folks come in and just embrace the concept of mental health in the first place. You know, um, I would never disparage what a student is told by their family, you know, that they're coming from. But I do hear lots of stories where um, our students will come in for counseling and they'll say, my mom and dad don't know I'm coming to counseling, which they're an adult. They can choose to do that. And they'll say because they wouldn't support it or my family doesn't believe in mental health you know, um, but I do, you know, and so, uh, or I'm not really sure what to make of this, you know, um, I don't think, you know, that I've, I've never done this before. I'm not sure what to think of this, you know, but then after a session or two, they're like, oh, okay, I see what this is about, you know, um, or yeah, I do believe in the concept of mental health and that mental health is health, just like physical health. To me, there's no 
separating the two uh, and we have to maintain them, you know, and so that's what I talk about with students is that counseling is just a way to help maintain, you know, your mental health. And so seeing people come in and embrace that concept too, um, I think is important. And what a luxury that you have the opportunity to talk to a professional who, who, who has seen it all and heard it all. And you may think that what you're going through is something new, but you have a professional to focus just on you and help you process yeah. what's going on in your life. It's a, an amazing opportunity yeah. for people. Well, At Emory and Henry, do they have to pay to do this? They do not. No, All, our services out of uh, Student Success and the Power Resource Center, in fact, most student services on campus, there's no out-of-pocket expense for students. You know, I always say you're, you're, it's like you're going to this inclusive resort. You know, you've got all these services at your disposal, use them, you know. And, you know, Teresa, you touched on something there in what you just said that made me think about another big thing that we do is, and we try to normalize students' experiences, you know, when they come in the door, because every, just about everyone has some sort of, hey, am I the only one coming in to talk about this? Or, you know, is anyone else coming in, you know, with this issue? And what I try to do is normalize and say, and you, you said, I've seen it all. I said, definitely haven't seen it all, but, um, but I've seen a lot in 21 years for sure. And I've seen a lot in, in going on seven years here. And so that's one of the things I do tr try to do with my clients here very early on is to normalize their experience and say, you know, that, that proverbial, you're not crazy, quote unquote, you know, you are absolutely a normal quote unquote person experiencing extraordinary circumstances or going through, you know, stressors that lots of other people experience. And this outcome that you're having are these, these symptoms and things that you're experiencing. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be experiencing those given what you're going through? You know, so I try to really um, normalize that and you, and you kind of see people's shoulders drop a little bit and that little sigh of, of relief where it's like, Oh, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm okay. It's okay that I'm here. It's the place to unburden yourself of your, your most shameful secrets, the thing that you think that you're most embarrassed about, you could never tell anybody and in counseling is the, the safe place to unburden yourself um, of those things. Yeah, yeah, if they choose to do that, because when someone goes to see a mental health professional, whether it be a counselor, social worker, psychologist, whoever, you know, the number one thing in that room is going to be unconditional positive regard for that client or that student. And what I always say to students is, you know, not, no matter what's going on in, in your world and what you're talking about with me, my high opinion of you is never going to change. And you just look on students' faces sometimes like, wow, you know, because we don't always get that in our life. You're going to love the next question I have, Todd, which is sometimes human beings just aren't enough. It needs to be an animal. Want to talk about emotional support animals? I would love to. Uh, some of your listeners uh, probably know and some may not know, but um, we've had a really exciting opportunity come our way here. Um, Gus is our resident uh, therapy dog that joined our team in July of last year. Uh, he comes to us from Service Dogs of Virginia out of Charlottesville. And um, it, was, it was a process uh, to get Gus. Uh, it was on our um, long range goals for a long time. You know, we had been hearing from students over the years that they wanted to have access to a therapeutic um, animal, animal assisted therapy. I sat back and I said, okay, this is something I need to take action on. And so uh, we applied to, to get Gus from Service Dogs at Virginia. Um, it's a, a, a bit of a rigorous process and vetting process is pretty thorough. And so they matched us with Gus and then the, the positive outpouring of support from students, faculty, and staff has been really amazing. 
Uh, he has made quite the name for himself around campus. He has his own social media and followers. He provides uh, open office hours on campus where students can come by and have time with him. And those are, are always well attended. Uh, and then, of course, he can be utilized in a therapeutic session as well for animal-assisted therapy. That's what I first imagined is that when someone is in your office pouring out their heart and crying their heart out and this dog is there and they can pet the dog and hold the dog and the dog provides even more comfort than a, than a generally safe environment. And Gus has specialized training in order to, to be able to help be a therapeutic intervention as well. So he's trained and he can actually notice and I've seen him do this. I've seen him demonstrate this in training and I've seen him demonstrate it in my office. He can actually tune in when someone is in distress and offer them support during the session. Um, and so that's really powerful to see him notice when someone um, needs that support, you know, and go to them and actively offer that. Oh my goodness. That sounds fascinating. But let's focus on you just a little bit. What brought you to this field? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, I, well, I started as a school counselor. Um, I originally, I, I'm a graduate of Radford University, go Highlanders. Um, I love, love my Emory Henry folks, but uh, that's my alma mater is Radford University. So I'll give credit to them. But um, I originally wanted to be a teacher and I wanted to work with uh, students with special needs. Uh, and then that translated into going in and deciding I wanted to be a school counselor. Uh, so I earned a, a master's in counseling and human development. Radford, and I started my career as a school counselor. Uh, then I worked in uh, public mental health in Roanoke for many years, and then at a private agency. And I came here to Emory Henry in 2015 for a mental health first aid instructor's training. I met Jill Smeltzer, as I know you know, and many other wonderful faces uh, that were here. And at the end of that training, Jill announced to the room that they had a job available, and a little light bulb went off to me, and I, I went back home to Roanoke. I was living in Roanoke at that time. I went back home to Roanoke and it took me maybe a second to think it over. And now I was sending Jill my resume and, you know, that's seven years ago. So, well, I love it. And I don't know how you could have had a 20 year career because you cannot be more than 29. <laughs> so, and so do you envision yourself being at Emory and Henry for the long haul? Well, um, I mean, no one has a crystal ball, uh, but I, I'm very um, fulfilled by my position here. I think there's a lot of work yet to be done. And as I mentioned, I really love this community. This community welcomed me and embraced me when I came here. I've made many wonderful friends. I've made Abingdon and the local area my home. Um, I also would be remiss if I didn't mention our, our health sciences campus in Marion. Um, I go there and see students uh, two to three times per week and really love that population of, of folks and love all of the faculty and staff on that campus. So um, who knows what the future holds, but I do think there's a lot more to be done here. Uh, and I really love the mission of Emory Henry. Well, let's uh, talk one more time about one of the exciting things right now at Emory Henry, which is there are two job openings to work with Todd Stanley in the, in the uh, counseling services department. Tell us one more time about those jobs and the qualifications and what people should do if they uh, want to apply. Absolutely. Thank you again for the opportunity to speak about those. So we have two open counselor positions, and those are minimum of master's level positions. Um, we're seeking a mental health professional with experience working with college students or interested in gaining experience working with college students. That could be a licensed counselor, social worker, or psychologist, or a resident in counseling, someone that needs their supervision toward licensure. Um, if you're interested, you can reach out to me directly. You can reach out to our human resources office, you can go to the ehc.edu website, uh, and there's a job posting there with a bit more details, you know, about the position. 
if people look at that and they have additional questions, I'm happy to talk to folks about that. Um, if there's someone listening and they know of someone that might enjoy working with college students or might enjoy moving to our area, uh, I say that we want to create our strongest pool and our most diverse pool that we've ever had for these positions. Um, so that if we need to help uh, encourage someone to relocate to beautiful Southwest Virginia, you know, we, we can be a part of that conversation. So hopefully your listeners will know someone and can send an email or send a text and say, hey, they've got this great opportunity at Emory Henry. I think you should check it out. Thank you very much for being with me today, Todd Stanley, for such valuable information. If you have an interest in being hired at Emory & Henry in this position, just call Emory & Henry and say, may I speak to Todd Stanley? That'll get you to him or go to the website. Uh, But anyway, Emory & Henry is looking for more good people for a wonderful environment at a wonderful college. Thanks again, Todd Stanley. And thanks above all to the listeners for tuning in. We appreciate you very much. This conversation can be heard here Wednesdays at 6 and Sundays at 2. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.